0: It's time to nominate and acknowledge those members and chapters that have shown excellence in your region. The nomination forms for membership awards and excellence awards are now live and can be found in the SNMA Opportunities newsletter with eligibility criteria for each. There are a number of awards available, so show some love to those in your region who have been putting in that work. So please send in your nominations by March 13th. Winners will be announced at our annual Medical Education Conference, taking place April 13th through April 17th. Now you already know what time it is. What time it is. Time to get the show going. Go, 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 go. Welcome to s Presents the Lounge. Whether you're in the student lounge, doctor's lounge, or lounging around at home, get ready to join s for meaningful conversations on topics affecting minorities in medicine and groups that often sit at the margins of healthcare. And I am your boy, student Dr. Aldwin. And to celebrate the changing of session, uh, seasons from winter to spring this month, our icebreaker is gonna be, what season are you? Spring, summer, fall, or winter, and why? I would say for me, I'm going to say summer. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm a hot <laughs> boy. You know what I mean? I'm like.
1: I'm a- ooh, you come alive, oh, alive
0: in the, ooh, you, in the summer.
1: I mean, <laughs> oh God, you feel me? I'm,
0: most, I'm that vitamin D that the world needs to have, you know? And in terms of just being outside, being lively, having the right energy. Like, I, I'm that summer man. You know what I mean? How y'all feeling though? What, what 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 y'all feeling about the seasons? You are.
1: Hey everyone, once again, I'm well. Not once again because I'm introducing myself for the first time, but I'm student doctor <laughs> Isabella. Um, my season. So I have to. It's it's a it's very close between fall and spring for me, but I have to say spring because like the winter time for me is like my hibernation season like I'm locked in, I'm loaded, I'm just trying to get through it. And for the most part too, like that's the roughest like time for me because it's just there's no vitamin D out, there's no sun. It's cold all the time. And when spring comes about, it's like a renewal. It's like I remember again what it's like to be human. Essentially, I remember to like to enjoy life and it's almost like that goes away during the winter time. So spring is like a renewal season for me. So that's always like my favorite time to like emerge from that cold, like depressive type season of winter and then like seeing the somewhat of warmth and like flowers and color mm-hmm. again on earth. It's it's a very it's a very nice time. So yeah, I have to I have to go with spring. Fall was almost there, but I'll I have to say spring one I love it. for me.
2: Hey, everyone it's student Hello. Dr. Erica Dingell. Uh, so I would be fall 100%. I think fall is the season that is the most chill, um, literally and figuratively, I guess, you know, you get to fall and people are like coming down off the high of the summer. Right. Then there might be a day where it's like, Oh, I really want to feel that summer air again. And then boom, fall hits you with summer. So I'm giving you summer in the fall. And then it might be a day where it's like, yo, I really feel like feeling that chill. And then boom, you wake up and you get the perfect chill for some chunky clothing and a nice knee high boot. And a big scarf, and you get to be fashionable. So yeah, I think that that season gives you everything that you're expecting, calms you down, prepares you for the exit of the year, and yeah, it's just a chill, very chill uh, season. You you look like fall to me, yeah, Erica. I, you are fall. Honestly, you're I, just I, fall. no, seriously, <laughs> like that is my favorite season. You do, look like fall. hands down, hands down. Yeah. Well, that was cute. I love it. Everybody love participate. It. That's listening in. This would be fun. You might could. Who knows what kind of connections you could make off of these seasons? Somebody might. Another hot summer. <laughs> some somebody might connect with Aldwin in his hot summer <laughs> stage. Hey. Yeah.
1: Okay, hot boy. Where's where's her? Where's this wow. hot girl? <laughs>
0: we looking out for Hi, you. Boy. We got to look out for the whole crew. You know what I mean?
2: We'll take the heat off of you right now. We'll bring it back to fall. All That's right. I got thing. you. Let me get chilled out. So it's our favorite <laughs> portion of the show. It's time to run the list. For our preclinical students, running the patient list on the wards allows the team to address the most pressing matters of the day. So in this segment of the show, Each of us will address together collectively, go back and forth a little bit about it, probably about the most recent events that pertain to our populations and the communities that we will serve one day as physicians. So let's get into it, shall we? Yeah, I'm excited because it's Women's History Month. Shine some light on the women. Yeah, And it's black. Well, it was just black history month. I was trying to carry that over. (laughs)
1: <laughs> we can yes. as, as okay, far cool. as we can go, as far as we, we can have... take it.
2: It's Black History Month every day. It's right. Black month. in parentheses and then hist- Women's History Month. So, right. That's a friendly fact. And there's some notable women, right? You want to yeah, talk women. about them, is
1: Oh, no. I mean, yeah, I wasn't sure what we who we wanted to shout out. But I know uh, there's a lot of women that we could talk about, especially in medicine, who are breaking barriers. One person we probably want to speak about or two, I guess, because it's like they're both doctors. Dr. Uche Blackstock and Dr. Mm -hmm. Oni Blackstock are two women in medicine. And it's funny because I was just reading a little bit uh, about Uche. She had put on or she had made an article on Essence just talking about kind of her progression through medicine and like the different seasons she's gone through um, quitting medicine or quitting academic medicine at some point, she said, because it just wasn't serving her as well as like being married for some time. And then she got, ended up getting divorced, maybe, I guess because her uh, marriage wasn't serving her anymore as well, but she ended up kind of creating her own company uh, called Advancing Mm -hmm. Health Equity. And because she was just kind of upset with academic medicine, not really, Addressing all of these issues that we see when it comes to health disparities in medicine, and kind of just feeling like she wasn't being appreciated and valued as a black woman in this field. And I think that's just a great way, or that, I just felt like that was just a great article for her to make because it speaks to so many of the hidden like battles that we fight um, as minorities in this field that people sometimes aren't privy to. They just think, oh, like you're black you're in medicine and so you have this job to like fill everybody else's cup but without filling your own cup essentially and so i thought that like article was amazing she just kind of talked a little bit more about her life her personal life as well as like her professional life and kind of how she's evolved through those stages and and where it's led her to today
0: yeah Yeah, i read about both of them and they're well accomplished sisters harvard trained and uh No, they're always at the forefront of any social political issues, which I appreciate, and the way they represent themselves. I mean, it's like to the T, the standard that you expect. Um, And in regards to Women's History Month, I think, again, we got to celebrate our women every day, cherish them, appreciate them, especially Black women. Um, We got to protect you guys. It is our duty. And and, in my honest belief that we could do more. And I think in this month, I think for me, myself, is educating myself about women accolades and uh, their accomplishments. Right now I'm reading a book called Mediocre, um, which discusses how um, white male legacy and supremacy has inhibited and restricted black women from their particular success. And one of the women that I recall from the book um, recently that I read about was Shirley Kisholm, um, who ran for president in 1972. We talk about the first black person to run for president was Jesse Jackson, but that was in 1984. She ran in right. 1972 in the midst of being called the N-word, in the midst of being denigrated and condemned in a time period where no one believed that you could actually accomplish so much. And so right. I think that we have to reinforce how much knowledge and power is there in our history and how many beautiful and terrific women that have transcended upon this plane on this earth and are currently still doing the magic, still doing the work, and still I'm being sure. outside. You know, um, yes. in reg- And in regards to medicine, I have a whole plethora of mentors i can name drop right now they're doing some amazing things but i'll let uh, erica do her thing but shout out to all the women uh doing amazing things especially in medicine and uh shout out to you guys too because you are part of history too being part of this podcast the first for SMA, first podcast co-host our name's gonna amazing. go down in history hey. erica
1: you heard that Wow. <laughs> when they That's talk true. about the first podcast group they gotta That's talk true.
2: about us i don't even Period. think about that that is true That's major. Yeah, Yeah, one one of the women that just always, whenever it comes to being like a first, like a pioneer sticks out to me, Dr. Susan Taylor. She founded the Skin of Color Society. Mm -hmm. And I mean, when you consider just the disparities in, I mean, just in healthcare in general, but especially when it comes to skin of color, like I've still, actually last year was the first time I was able to see a black dermatologist in however many years Mm. and you know they're not everywhere like you might be able to find in your local community uh, a black family medicine physician but you know black dermatologists Mm -hmm. are few and far between um so i there's a number of them even dr diane davis so many that are actually like either they are in the field and have, you know, paved the way for those to come. Dr. Alexis Carrington on, you know, up Mm -hmm. and coming that, and it's important because not for nothing, like you see our skin, that's the first thing you see. And who am I to think, sorry that a white person can really truly understand, even like if it's down to like something minimal, like hyperpigmentation, like bruh, these dark spots, this, this means a lot to me. All right. You you know what I'm saying? Like, there's just certain things that they can they can really empathize with us on. Um, So I, I just appreciate the black derms, all the black women physicians in any field that is really hard to get into. Dr. Sonia Sloan, who was one of the first, if not the first in Houston, Texas, orthopedic surgeon. Um, to graduate. Um, mm. I forget what school now, but there's another like what that's a mm-hmm. a male dominated field, and she's down there dominating. Yeah. So, shout out to all the black right. women physicians, um, and just women in general.
1: It's it's our month. It is. Yes, it is. Shout out to all you guys. Go. Love y'all, and we are looking up to you. So, well let's let's you know it's time to talk about <laughs> the elephant in the room making his way in like what's up y'all i'm about to sit down no the elephant i'm telling, but it came it came about because there's a bigger elephant in the room there's a bigger elephant in the world right now and it has to do with putin putin Listen, you know, I could sit here and pretend like I've really been following everything that man has been doing, but I'm not going to hold you. I have not been for my own sanity and for the sake of those who have to be present during his. I don't know if he's going through like a crisis. I don't know if he's going through like (laughs) something's going on at home. I don't know what's happening to that man, but he's just nothing he's doing is making sense. So, you know. So I'm just, I'll am just i give it to one of you guys to kind of walk us through what is – because I was actually talking about this with my father and my, like, uh-huh. brother today. Um, my dad was just saying how, like, yeah, like, B- Biden needs to start – wake mm. up and just start saying – cutting things off to Russia and everything because we can't find ourselves in this mess. And, you know, it's right. not even actually just about us. It's, like, about Ukraine who's going through this. But it's, like yeah. – america too we could fuel this nonsense that's happening in russia because there's a lot of you know resources Mm -hmm. that they depend on Mm -hmm. um that america was to provide so all i'm saying biden uncle Uncle Biden, like we're looking at you (laughs) we're looking at you right now don't mess up don't mess because Putin's not right. making any sense right now. We can't we can't find yeah. ourselves in that predicament. But you know, I'm, I'm gonna let you guys kind of walk we us through can that. Lay out uh, the facts mess. real quick,
2: and then talk about the sanctions and all of this other stuff that we want Uncle Joe to kind of reel in. So President Putin um, partly blamed his decision to attack on NATO's eastward expansion. He earlier complained Russia had nowhere further to retreat. Um, so Ukraine has previously shown interest in joining NATO, excuse me, and President Putin views the prospect of Ukraine joining the Western military alliance as a hostile act. And NATO, or as it's known, the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, was created in 1949 by the United States, Canada, and several Western European nations to provide collective security against the Soviet Union. So I think he's just... Trying to flex, like, wait, this sidebar. This is on topic but off topic. There's something going around like on black Twitter, and it's talking about exactly what's going on, but like in black layman's terms, like so Putin is the ex-boyfriend of this this person. And essentially Putin wants back in, and the girl, the ex-girlfriend is like living her best life, best life, not going back and forth. Yeah. So he's trying to pretty much move back in on territory and they not having it um Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. now you mentioned uncle biden or uncle joe he's now proposed these sanctions which are like limitations right for russia in light of the ukraine invasion and now but the big thing about that so much comes from that area like i saw a list of like all of the, the like the imports and the the things that we actually depend on Ukraine for, like who is that? Who's yeah. running the White House right now? Is my question. I don't know. What you? I hope it's Uncle
1: Joe Biden. I hope it's him because he's the only one right now that's occupying that seat. It's just if not our sis Kamala, your your sorority sister and my <laughs> alum. She got to come through because we can't, let this, a lot
0: going we can't on. let this fall. You know, Bro. Ukraine, it, you know, has been established as an independent state from the former Soviet Union since 1992. Mm-hmm. Um, and we look at, um, you know, there are millions of people living in Ukraine currently. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it really is a travesty. How, I feel like the way that this man is acting is like borderline psychotic and mm-hmm. narcissistic. And he's yeah. coming up with these random reasonings in terms of invading another country. How do how, how does Ukraine joining NATO how is that even pertaining to you? You're a whole exactly. different country, bro. Like right. you might as well say you on the other side of the planet, honestly, because like Ukraine's mm-hmm. doing their own own thing, holding things down, as Erica mentioned, like the importing of the goods, they also export a lot of goods. There's a lot of oil, there's a lot of resources that are there. Um, and yeah. then also, even when we talk about the fact that matters that I feel like there are conflicting news, like conflicting reports mm-hmm. coming out of there and Putin is intentionally not allowing people to know how many casualties are happening on the Russian side. And obviously we know that Ukraine is dealing with uh, casualties as well. Um, actually the mayor of K- Kyiv, um, is a former world heavyweight champion. Uh, one of the Klitschko but- mm-hmm. brothers, I'm not sure if you guys know, but mm-hmm. in, in not to I'm not trying to celebrate this, but what I'm trying to say is that it's amazing to see how many people are gearing up arms and protecting mm-hmm. their country. And it's really patriotic to me to to envision people out there like, you know, unfortunately losing their lives, but they believe in protecting their family, protecting their community. And I want to say shout out to Ukraine yeah. for holding it down. And when you look at the military forces, you know, uh, Russia has way more. Over uh they have over two million yeah. soldiers, you know. What I'm saying Ukraine yeah. has nine hundred thousand soldiers, and then right that that in itself is like already, you know, yeah. like cumbersome for them. And yeah. the odds are that you know they're gonna have some challenges and they're they're trying to persevere. But I think yeah. also that when we talk about the United States and their involvement, I think we sent seven thousand soldiers in the surrounding mm-hmm. area to assist, potentially. But I think that uh again. I think diplomacy obviously is the first way to to handle this. I think Biden's have done a great job of doing sanctions. They've also froze a lot of their international accounts for Russia so that they can't manifest any mm-hmm. of their resources, you know, within the country and the sanctions are also affecting things like food and the importing of other goods that the United States sends over there and our interaction with them. So I think right. from a long-term basis, I think it's going to be pretty effective but I also believe that we have to, you know, kind of play it cool and not just jump the gun because we also got issues. We know we got issues here in the United States and there's a human rights issue there that we have to target, but there's also human rights issues here as well. But shout out to Ukraine and how they holding things down. And I really hope that everything goes well and we don't see any tragic loss of lives anymore. It's already been three children that have already lost.
1: I'm like, we life. haven't even finished the pandemic yet. Like, can we right. catch right. a break? Can we Can we go from one struggle to the next in sequence right. at least? <laughs> yes. Like, why are we just, now we're just adding on and heaping on struggles. Like, and- right. Andi made a great point, you know, even in Ukraine right now, yeah. um, there's African students apparently who are mm-hmm. just trapped there. Like it yep. says the Poland border guards are reportedly rejecting African citizens from leaving Ukraine Taking because of the color crane. of their skin. Yep. So now
2: Canada. there's
1: Black people suffering yeah. at the hands of these, I want to say terrorists, if we can just call, you know keep it a stack, right. outside mm-hmm. of our own country. So it's just really sad to see that, you know, all across this uh, world right now, we're we're facing um different obstacles when it comes to this putin whatever mess you want to call it. it it's really sad to see i mean i and you know what in terms of what this means for the u.s economy it seems like we also have to be mm-hmm. mindful of that because they're saying that some of these sanctions could exacerbate inf- inflation on energy as well as groceries gas prices and biden's you know stated yes. um and I'll quote: I know this is hard, and that Americans are already hurting. I will do everything in my power to limit the pain the American people are feeling at the gas pump. This is critical to me, but this aggression cannot go unanswered. If it did, the consequences for America would be much worse. And you know what? I agree with the guy. I think he's making sense with that. Um, I, I it's going to be a balancing act, but I do think that it's inevitable that something we may get hurt in this process. We just oh, may, we will. It may affect how much money we're pulling out of our, po- you know, it, it really might affect us, but. That whole war nonsense that's going on, as long as it doesn't find its way to th- this this side of the world, we got to do what's necessary. That's where I stand because yeah. we 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 can't handle war. Not yeah, period. No, right, I think that the we bigger, cannot handle that. Uh,
2: not yeah, our econ-
0: The only draft I want to be in is the We're, NBA draft. But, no, it's sorry, okay. This.
2: We don't <laughs> want you drafted either. But our economy, like. <laughs> I don't. We can't take another hit and you won't see the effects of this until months later. Like this is. Yeah. Thing. I mean, even if you look at I was having a conversation with somebody last week just talking about the pandemic and like how the Spanish flu like later, like you didn't see the effects on the economy of the Spanish flu until years later. So yep. we're not even seeing. Yep, right. To your point, Isabella, we're going through so much. We're not seeing the collateral yet at all. Granted, on Thursday, yeah. when all this popped off, gas prices went up 10 cent within an hour. I think it was like nine around 9 a.m. And then it was supposed to exceed yeah. uh like go, go up wild. twenty-five twenty-five cents by the end of the day. So, and you know, that's mm-hmm. the again, the beginning stages of this. So we 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 haven't seen right. um, in my opinion, we haven't seen the effects of any of this truly yet. Sadly.
1: Sadly, yep. sadly, I agree. Yeah, I feel like
0: that's the the scariest part, like trying to anticipate or predict like what what the future holds. I know America is doing its best from a political and diplomatic aspect, but um, for us here in America, you know, is there's still so much gray area with the pandemic and the social political structures that are going on, um, and I feel like we, you know, we got to enhance the experience of the constituents here too, you know, a lot of you know, mothers, single mothers are struggling with inflation to take care of their children. There's a lot of businesses that are struggling to hire people. I mean, employment rates, you know, are having haven't improved, but also there's certain, you know, infrastructure and industries that are getting killed right now. We see what's going on in Canada with a lot of the trucker, truckers not, you know, being able to, you know, they're going mm-hmm. on strike and that affects a lot of the car imports and things of that nature. So it's just a lot of going on in the world. And like Erica, like you mentioned, is like these little nuances that we think we could avoid uh, in talking about or not. It's building up. It's building up. Yeah, Yeah. like everybody. in tune, man, because it's going to affect you one way or another.
2: Yeah. uh, And then, uh, Isabel, I know you you touched on it briefly, um, the African Mm -hmm. students that are over there. I think it's wild because Alden said, you know, we have our human rights issues here, but, you know, and we're all standing Mm -hmm. with Ukraine. However, it's kind of wild, like, that they want to go back home. And because they're not a Ukrainian citizen, they're getting pushed back. And it's like, are they really? Is that really why they're getting pushed back? Because they're not a citizen or, you know? Yeah. You know, we know the truth you know, we know it, the it, truth right we saw right. in china
0: when they were beating on africans wow. i mean this is not
1: yeah it's yeah. ridiculous and you know actually this is a great way to segue into just more ways when you can just sit there be black literally live your life and somehow right just issues can just come at you mm-hmm. <laughs> just for existing right, right. um there was something that recently um, happened with Dr. Jeffrey Lieberman, the chair, or I guess we Ooh. could say former chair, former chair of Columbia's psych department, um, who was suspended after referring to a model as a freak of nature on Twitter see this is what i talk about when i say sometimes everything that happens in your head doesn't have to be said out loud sometimes they can privilege. stay in your head right like right. no it, you
2: know That's like privilege and I, Why, no. I I privilege yo it makes yes. them cross the streets without looking it makes them say whatever comes right. to their mind without thinking could this have any further implications on me later like on later down right. the line they just literally
1: right. a, yeah a of nature? it's ridiculous i see it all the time on clerkship like even right now as I'm going through my hospital rotations, it's just, like the amount of times it's just yep. white male doctors just giving their unauthorized, unasked for opinion on a random day. Like I'm you just got a question,
0: yo. I'm <laughs> waiting for somebody to. I to this <laughs> happened to me recently too. It was it was a physician that I had to check. Like I had to talk to my attending about that because I'm like, yo, she saying these extra, extra words and she's a white woman and you already know how the hierarchy goes mm-hmm. and all of that. And mm-hmm. I feel like oftentimes in medicine, like in this situation, I'm glad that he got checked and someone like 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 help facilitate what the outcome was going to be. Because oftentimes mm-hmm. people do these things and we just turn our head because people are feared. They're afraid of the consequence yeah, yeah. of that. And um, Jeffrey, I'm calling you Jeffrey because you're not a doctor to <laughs> me no more. Like are you ridicule <laughs> me.
1: Jeff- yeah. Stop.
0: Relax like now nah, for real because this really offended me you know what i'm saying like reading about this beautiful black woman who we cherish and celebrate and now again we see like the white male infrastructure you know trying to institute itself and antagonize a woman that's minding her business mm-hmm. right yeah also the tweet she, yeah I, I went on her page and she does call herself the queen of the dark but by no means has she stated that she is the darkest woman the darkest in the world woman, yeah right, so mm-hmm. they're adding extra layers to like then he's like trying to prove himself and all of this and then. Half, yeah. you know, he he, he stayed like a half-age apology. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you know what you did was wrong, and it's not enough to apologize. You got to go above and beyond And if you're going to represent an institution like Columbia, you mm-hmm. know, especially Columbia is in Harlem that's over 60% right. black. You know what I mean? It's crazy you got somebody in a psychiatry department in an area in Harlem that's over 60% black saying this about black people. You like, make, up. Make sense at the end of the day, I'm glad that they're, they've suspended them. But I think what they need to do is. Reinforce the fact that racism can be combated if you put the right people in the right positions. So oh, I, sure. I would, I would suggest or import them to hire a woman of color. You know what I'm saying? Like that would role. be a real mm-hmm. move. This suspension, this fat, like no, put someone in color and show what you mean. In terms, let's of- actually
1: let's change out a little bit put a black woman. How about that? Right? right you let's call it. a spade yeah. a spade. Black because woman. you're right. I'm tired of tipping. I'm trying. I'm tired yeah. of tiptoeing around the the elephant in the room yeah. we want a black person there like <laughs> scrap the color black because right. <laughs> we're <laughs> we're the ones who aren't there in these spaces like that's let's true. just call a spade a spade because once these fact. days we have started saying of color and we keep tiptoeing around like with the real thing what we're trying to say we're trying to say there's no black people in these spaces yeah, that's essentially. essentially what we're saying so like i'll if you if no one else wants to say it, i'm nah. gonna say it like here just do that you um, know yeah, like we wish showing
2: on it hundred percent.
1: And a little bit of backstory for our listeners as well. Um, the 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 woman, the model, her her name was Gatwek. I think that's her last name though. I'm not a hundred percent sure what her first name is, but she essentially is like a model, um, broke the Guinness World record apparently for having the darkest skin, even though to your point, Aldwin, she never claimed that. She had the darkest skin. Right. I don't even know how much how oh, much oh, truth there is to that, like to that. be honest with you. Because at Howard, we had a very beautiful, dark mm-hmm. skinned model woman who was also a student. And I feel like she might be darker than her. So I actually don't really know the validity of that yeah. record. Okay. But you know what? Like, it is what it she is. Like, her okay. Melan-
0: her melanocytes to know how right. much she yeah, had the highest level. Of- <laughs> I think she
2: clarified <laughs> that it was, in fact, untrue. But it's just even wild that it would make its right. way around to your point.
1: Right right so but yeah so that's kind of a little bit of backstory on her but you know like you said gave this like very like i feel like ungenuine ingenuine apology um to the black community and to all women but he was suspended and like we said we want a black woman to take his place so let's start getting (laughs) a move on that um yeah so there's the story on uh dr well jeffrey lieberman and we have more craziness happening. <laughs> to, uh, I was like, let me follow what else would say. Let me, <laughs> let me take out the doctor. Real quick. <laughs> no, wow, y'all so, know. Let me that. You. <laughs> like,
0: you know, I'll be about the energy. I you know. What I mean? <laughs> <laughs> um.
1: Yes, but now we we have craziness happening in real life. We have craziness happening on these apps. We have craziness being documented. Through Netflix now, I haven't watched the show, but Erica, you have. It's called Tinder Swindler. I've actually had multiple people tell me I need to watch this show, but I haven't seen it, so I need I need the backstory. I need the tea, please.
2: Essentially, well, let me. All right, let me see. So, okay. What we're going to say first is this is about a man who poses as a billionaire, scams women out of money to rope other women into his billionaire ploy, essentially a a Ponzi scheme for himself. And this is very true. So this Mm -hmm. man ends up dating over like a period of years. They showed I think it was three or four. Actually, he was dating two of them. And one of them was like his homegirl, essentially. And when I tell you he mm-hmm. had these women running him Amex cards on it, like, here's here's my Amex card for you to use. Here's this amount of money. He was flying them to Greece, flying them all to well, other man. parts of Europe. And yeah. and his yeah. his yeah. excuse, which is what I'm using when Sally May and whoever else come after me is yeah. my enemies are after me, I cannot pay for my <laughs> Everything no. On no literally no. everything was my enemies i can't i can't see you because <laughs> oh, my enemies my are after me he would send them on whatsapp and then you the final chick yo the final chick got him i don't want to ruin it for everybody but she got somewhat retribution um yeah i'm about to watch this movie. It, when i tell you it will have you sitting there like Mouth agape. And then I, you know, I didn't even <laughs> really feel bad for these chicks because if a man, <laughs> see that now, now we about to segue into a little dating segment, I guess, for a second. You asking me for money? Mm-hmm. Nah.
1: Yeah. What's wrong
2: with Alderman, that? Yeah, that's digital, a, what do you mean? women dollars, we not won't. like a $20 for some gas or, you know, know, for a meal. We won't.
1: Even, wait, hold up, Erica. Even if it was $20 for some gas, Honestly, initially, it's a red flag. It will be a Everything, red, flag. A red <laughs> initially, flag. Like, what?
0: He's holding you down. Why <laughs> who, he can't? What? Told, what you mean?
2: Who, who you said that he's down? holding me down? What are we... They were just getting to <laughs> know this man all in. <laughs>
1: Wow, I thought we learned That's our lesson from the Valentine's Day book. episode, Aldwin. I thought we learned our lesson. Are we gonna go back
2: there? Listen, come on, financial corner. We gotta take all into his own corner <laughs> on this one. <laughs> no, but these ones no, they were job. just Look they ahead, were go. just starting to date this man and that like he would take them their mm-hmm. first first date was like uh A private jet to somewhere and you know they flicking it up and oh he's like oh he's love bombing them and you know I I love you and you're gonna be the mother of my children and apparently he had a a whole child with this other woman it was wild I I 100% for the comedic relief Mm -hmm. watch it like Mm -hmm. if not for anything else watch it to laugh you will laugh in my opinion more so oh yeah it's
1: already on my yeah. list girl it's, it's added to America. my list. it's next it's next in line i'm still watching emily in paris though but it's next in my i it's next in line out for me. too okay
2: yeah. T- tv's popping right now cool. then we have the invent inventing anna which is similar she's out here scamming mm-hmm. everybody as well i started watching it have not finished it but i'm okay. amazed at how you know people really can just kind of move through society get money and nobody really questioned anything
1: that's that's uh, did any of y'all watch it okay i haven't watched it but you know usually the first you know the first step to doing that is not being black (laughs) i'll tell you that that makes it very easy (laughs) that makes it very easy Yeah. i mean look at the shows that's right look at the shows look at the shows we're watching on netflix you you think in any in any nope. real life society, if a black man tried that, he would have made it through the it first been episode. Nope. He would have been
2: wild with a question mark. <laughs> Why like,
1: he would have been caught? Right. Like
2: it's Not no you. way. Why? No, but you're, to your point, being <laughs> being white. Um, and one one of the characters was like she she looked basic, and that's how you knew she had money. I'm just like this is. I want to like actually study this. Like there's some some psychology and sociology behind. Like getting into the upper echelon of it. Well, it's Mm -hmm. New York, right? Mm -hmm. But the New York high life Mm -hmm. and it's wild. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that y'all have to watch that too.
1: Okay. But yeah. So Inventing Anna, I am definitely going to watch that because Shonda Rhimes made it and I trust Mm -hmm. anything that she does. And like, she's just, she's like, what what would you call it, the Betty White of dramatic television from Scandal to Grays, which like at these shows that ran for so long. So I'm definitely going to watch Inventing Anna. But yeah, like I said, in, in terms of anything involving the mess that we're talking about, you just don't need to be black. Like once you're not black, you can, you can get away with half, half the stuff and no one's going to come looking at you twice. So I think it's possible when, when you don't have this skin color for sure. I'm not surprised, but we need to talk about another great show. I don't I actually found out about it from the Super Bowl cuz they had a commercial. Yep. It's the remake of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. So some people I've heard a lot of different dissenting opinions about uh, Bel-Air, the new I haven't like seen the remake it. of it. <clears throat> It's so. I think if you're like super gung ho on Fresh Prince just remaining a comedy, and you don't want to see it in any way, sh- any like other shape or form, this may not be what you right. want. Yeah. But I think Alvin, you're you're agreeing with that statement. But I think if you just open up your mind just a little bit more, yes. you'll be you'll be surprised at how yep. good it is. Like as a drama, I feel like it captures. If there was no comedy, right in Fresh Prince. I feel like the heart of what the show is supposed to be, which is literally he is leaving West Philadelphia because his mom is telling him, you need to get out from the streets and he's going to this upscale Bel Air. Like if they capitalized on that, the backstory of that, it would make for actually really great television. And that's what they did in Bel Air. They basically capitalized on what even brought this boy to Bel Air in the first place. What, is he like, what is he running from? What was, what happened back in West Philly, right? Yeah. And they really kind of hone in on that and they focus on all the drama that comes with it. All of, I would say common pitfalls that black men who grow up in, you know, mm-hmm. quote unquote, the hood or the ghetto, or whatever you want to call it. I mean, I don't really like using those terms, but mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it, all of these struggles and obstacles they have to face. And what happens when they're removed from that environment, how do they then thrive? How do they then make like make another life for themselves essentially and i i think it's great like i'm completely in love with the show and i think it really touches it like touches so many concepts that we tend to ignore when it comes to the struggle mm-hmm. of so many black men in the society especially mm-hmm. in american society yep. um so i i think the show is absolutely fantastic and i was a little bit concerned because like yeah like this is a remake i don't know if they're gonna like ruin like fresh Prince and kind of like what it was but the whole point is that it's actually not really supposed same, to be like like a mimic yeah it's not supposed to be like a mimic of the show it's supposed to be like its own thing right. with kind of like us the same backstory but like its own Wait, thing it's not meant it. to be like another comedy that's you know what i'm saying yeah and yeah. they did a great job with the casting like almost all the cast is dark skin i can't be nothing but happy mm-hmm. for that it's great like mm-hmm. dark skin act which we don't see right. in regular like we don't see that a lot no, like don't. you know let's not forget when they tried in fresh prince to change Aunt Viv from being dark since yeah, skin yeah. thought no one was going to peek. <laughs> what did they think they were doing? Right. <laughs> I don't was know who so was going to find out.
2: I remember like, being like, hmm, who's, you that?
1: know? Exactly. So ridiculous. So I think I would recommend, you know, if you want to get a lot out of the show, just forget about Fresh Prince, like for the first episode, forget about, you know, the whole point of the comedy and what it was, and just look at this like it's its own show and you're actually going to really like it. I've been here I, mixed reviews, show, but speaking. the
2: one, I mean, I think when I think of the generation that Fresh Prince landed on, everybody so far is either why did mm-hmm. they do this because they wanted it to stay the same or they really embrace it. Like somebody does a recap after every episode and he's almost in his 40s. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's like, okay, if you, yeah. to your point, if you kind of step away from what it used to be, then you can kinda latch on to what it is now and appreciate it for what it is. And shout out to right. Will Smith for doing that because right. this is his project. I think mm-hmm. it's dope to develop the characters further yeah. out make Carlton this evil character that we all knew he had we knew yeah. he had it in him. But I'll throw a little we knew throw it. a little booger yeah. sugar his way. He- <laughs> <laughs> throw a little booger sugar <laughs> little little white girl that you know it, it, it'll come
1: out of him. That's what I've been hearing it. So I'm excited to see I'm it. I'm saying. I'm saying. Yeah. yeah shout
0: so. out to Will Smith being the executive producer on that. And I think, you know, a lot of the, um, a lot of the thoughts and ideations regarding the show comes from Will Smith's actual background at the end of mm-hmm. the year. And um, I had the opportunity to read his book and it's interesting to follow along with the book and then seeing the actual character and his development, you know, and will's rise to fame, right like will essentially was a rapper right and he wanted to he was the first rapper to win a grammy and all this kind of stuff mm-hmm. ends up going out to cali meeting you know quincy adams and then uh quincy jones excuse me and then ends up getting on the show like he had him do the script right in person in front of hundreds mm-hmm. of people at his house mm-hmm. and he ends up getting casted for the Fresh print so it's just interesting to see how will smith has kind of like like turn this around from a comedy to the realities of a black male struggle in America Mm -hmm. and how a lot of the issues are relayed now today for us and how we have to kind of get engaged in that and enhance our own personal experiences so that we rise above the occasion, um, above the challenges that we face. So I really love that and the transformative nature of it. So shout out to the And, uh,
1: Great. Yeah. Well, keep on, he needs to stick with that executive producer thing he's doing. He's doing a great job. (laughs) Don't move from that, please. Stay right there. No. <laughs> you, you know, you don't you don't have to act like forever, right? We can evolve, we could. we could change roles. I think he's doing a good job with this this EP role and he, he should stay there. He's doing a good I job. I think
0: he it. should still act and he should still be on the We <laughs> all it, you were supposed man. to leave
1: it at that. You're supposed to <laughs> You're supposed to <laughs> it right, was, That right. was a loaded like, We
0: scene. need a man. <laughs> <a> Red table talk. <laughs> so that you know that conflict <laughs> with him. No, no cuz is, you know? is
1: that Wallace was going through a period where he was create, He was acting in movies that were just bombing. Like they, were, they just weren't. They weren't apparently good. Like remember that movie he was in with Jaden After Earth. After or something Earth, I love like that, that movie. I
0: don't care what you nobody. Who loves it. it? I love that movie because it for me it resonated with me because it's father and son, and I was like, Yo, okay, it reminded me of me and my father mm-hmm. and like how much hard he would go for me and how I would go go for him. So I, okay. I mean everyone got their own particular experiences. But After Earth, uh, I Am Legend was one of my favorites. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, like he got so many. Like we can name.
1: No, the things that Will Smith was a great actor for a long time. But I'm saying that I think he should lock <laughs> in. you
2: don't think he lock should in act in anymore. See, essentially. He want to
0: end See, I didn't say that, guys. For best actor too <laughs> recently for playing um, in uh, the, the the movie with Serena Williams yeah. and, uh, see, and my- Venus. Oh yeah. I know award, mm-hmm. So we yeah. need him to still act. He's still killing the game. I didn't watch the movie, but.
1: Oh, okay. I'll keep I'll be quiet, but you know, I'll stand, on, but I'll stand my on. I'll stand on we love you
2: as an yeah, EP. <laughs> we love you. We love you as an EP will The views of the podcast oh, yeah. members do not represent the views of all. <laughs> will Smith <laughs> I did not tell you not to act. <laughs>
0: That's a fact. That's a friendy Will Smith, go get your bag, sir. Yeah.
1: See, I feel bad for trying to try to be open and honest. I thought you guys no. would agree with you, that he could just nah, be honest. Stick. We
0: appreciate that. Be honest, son. We we need that.
1: You know? that.
0: but In regards to you know, we talked about Will Smith and and his celebrity status, his grandiose mm-hmm. status. But another celebrity had something to say recently uh ricky rose oh you know what i'm saying he (laughs) out here he said something that was a little controversial to me but rick ross basically said that losing nipsey and dolph for this generation i'm sure was just as equivalent or greater to what big or Pac was for my Mm -hmm. generation and he also mentions and a lot of these people always have to. oh yeah they try to sign he tried to sign uh nipsey and all that it's like yo Man, dad, like, we don't have
1: to take it that far. We we don't. It's okay to just let them be themselves. It's okay. Right. Why are we always trying? Black Compares, people, yes. right. sit up, let- sit up. Let's stop it. Stop <laughs> trying to take things far like we can respect each individual for who they are we don't have to make these comparisons stop it with these like Twitter uh, what's these pictures they make where they put some halo <laughs> on someone who's passed on and try yeah. to put side by side can we oh, yeah. can we stop the
2: madness a lot. Yeah, he was, I <laughs> feel oh like I want to reach cause literally
1: like you yeah. had
2: two moguls and this, does, yeah. this is not right. taking away from either Young Dolph or Nipsey's death mm-hmm. However, at mm-hmm. right. that stage of the time where hip-hop was really progressing, right, like, you you got to mm-hmm. think the evolution of hip-hop has already taken place, and this is not to say that either artist that has recently passed is any less significant, but, like, <laughs> Biggie and Tupac progressed hip-hop, and, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. they literally pushed it forward, right. So to say that right. two other individuals who had—I don't want to say they didn't have much to do with because that's that's not that's not true—but these yeah. were pioneers. Mm-hmm. The 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 yeah. world stood still in many cities on the day that Biggie mm-hmm. and Pac passed. Like, come yeah. on!
1: They were holding two coasts, like literally. Right. Biggie held east coast and Pac held yeah. west coast in his hand like what are we saying it's like he must got on. some new it, chicken
2: it's... dropping or something yeah. and that's why he's trying to push his
0: voice uh yeah he does have an album yeah yeah he actually does have yeah. something dropping so the, no, i, thought it, it was, I thought it was gonna be chicken
2: but... thighs like another flavor <laughs> Lord, that, was, that was a big statement to make when you sent that article for us to read i was like what
0: Right. Yeah, Walling. But I think like we gotta we gotta respect greatness where it's at and again the comparison is so easy for us to compare one individual to another. But I think that we gotta celebrate what each individual has brought mm-hmm. to the game of hip hop, was mm-hmm. what they brought to our culture, to our communities. And I will say from a musical perspective, you know, Biggie and Pac, you know, very transcendent. I mean, untouchable in many regards. But right. on the other hand, um Nip and Young Dolph, community wise, their mm-hmm. community awareness. And their willingness to be engaged with those who are less fortunate, I think Mm -hmm. that uh, they've set a legacy that's very different than Big Mac did. So, with that being said, I think like oftentimes we we look at these rappers as gods and we have this overarching thought about them, but I think we also got to celebrate their Mm -hmm. humanness, you know what I'm saying? Not just about their music, but not just about their community stuff, but also about the human beings that they were and cherished in their life and the challenges that they've had um, and how they persisted. And we just, I feel like we just neglect all of that. You know, it's so easy for us to create animosity and create all of this tension. This guy's better than that. He rapping and, you know, just celebrate who they are naturally. They dead. Their legacy will live on forever. And let's look at that more so than seeing who's better and who's on top of the other individuals. So shout out to all of them. You know what I mean?
2: In addition to this uh, Women's Health Month, Lord, I said Women's Health, Women's History Month, we have uh national <laughs> colorectal cancer month. Um and I think, mm-hmm. you know, you we just talked about mm-hmm. how these men, for example, Nipsey and Young Dolph, they they lived out their legacies through community involvement. And I mm-hmm. think it's important mm-hmm. that black men really step in on this front, um, because we we see the disparities in the black community, right? We had Chadwick Bozeman who passed away has it been two years yet or are we kind of coming up on two years
1: um where he passed oh, really? I think we're yeah. almost coming up on two years yeah mm-hmm. or we may have passed it yeah because I think it was sometime around January right wasn't like January February that he passed I don't off? remember
2: exactly mm-hmm. but you
1: know like talk about yeah. the disparities yeah. with regards
2: to colon cancer in black populations and especially we know black men they don't always go to the doctor and get their checkups um but it, it would be wonderful right. to see like i don't know like you said all oh, when we got these these rappers we kind of look at them as god sometimes what if like somebody did an actual health initiative like pushed it for real and yeah and got out yeah. there right yeah. it, it was it, who knows
0: That's the crazy thing about it, man, like not enough, like we have all of these individuals who have enough Mm -hmm. resourcefulness, enough money, enough time to create an initiative where we change disparities in our community, especially like you mentioned, black men being afraid to go Mm -hmm. see a doctor or when they're having symptoms that are, you know, very unusual. They ignore it or turn their head or whether it's mental health, depression, whether it's, you know, like hemorrhagic issues, Mm -hmm. whatever the case may be. I think that oftentimes we're like, oh, I got it. I'm going to be all right. And then you come to find out, unfortunately, that you have cancer. And then we look yeah. at the statistics with, you know, colorectal cancers. A- African-Americans are the highest of any racial <laughs> ethnic group in the U.S. to be affected by colon cancer. And we are 20 yeah. percent more likely to get colon cancer and 40 percent more likely to die from it than other groups. And this is also involved with breast cancer. The same thing. Yeah. The same issue. And so being able I to. I think have- it's all. Keep that. Yeah, good. yeah, Izzy. So oh,
1: sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I was just going to just quickly add in that I think it's all because of like detection, you know, mm-hmm. late detection. And I think one detection being later because people don't care to like reach out to, you know, Black communities and say, hey, you're a risk for this. It's probably important that you get it. I just think they like to keep these disparities in place and just then be able to say, on a U World (laughs) question oh a risk factor for getting colorectal cancer (laughs) is being black but we've done nothing to mitigate why that is because i don't think it's inherently just being black is what gets Ah. you to get colon cancer like i think we we stop at where we see the disparity and we then make it into a statistic and we leave it alone so i think it's all about just like late detection and not trying to promote screening in these communities. That's what I believe is the root cause. But you can go ahead, Alden. I just I had to throw that in there.
0: No, I mean I definitely agree. Like also like I think another thing that is interesting when we look at our communities for black men, um, when you talk about like colorectal cancer screening, prostate cancer screening, for a lot of men that I know, they're not interested in doing that because it involves, you know, having to go in the mm-hmm. derriere and anything that's yeah. that taken away from their masculinity. And I think that's something right. that we want to target as well is that your health is more important than any ideation that is. Oh, it's emasculating, or it makes me feel right. pregnant to have a scope inside of me to check if I have something going on, you know. And right, so, right. Um, yeah, it's just it's just tragedy, and I think it's it really is a representation of the culture of medicine, right? Like Isabella, yeah. like you said, we we talk about it, but we never really about it. We don't put policy in place. We don't yeah. educate our constituents, like when, when we're in school, like, why are they teaching us about Christopher Columbus, but then they are not teaching us about health maintenance, right? That's the true. The importance of a doctor, the importance of having good mental health, importance of facilitating social support and connections with each other so that we can prevent Alzheimer's, like, why do, why is all that information missing? We know why. Yeah. But the reality is that this, for me, in my opinion, is is a ploy for, for them to really target us and put us at a disadvantaged state. We know criminalization, we know from a health perspective we're behind from a social political aspect we're behind like we're all behind in so many different domains and this is just one part that we got to continue to advocate for you know what i mean
2: Mm -hmm. well said
1: yeah I completely agree. And, you know, got to then also go into National Endometriosis Awareness Month. I mean, this one I feel like is a lot more personal, especially when it comes to Black women, because I've heard so many stories of people, uh, Black women having fertility issues because of their endometriosis, which sometimes they didn't even, it goes undetected so many times. Like Black women talking about, I've had painful periods for almost like my whole life and was told or dismissed whenever I went to the doctor or maybe shared with family members and they just said, oh, that's just like a part of, yeah, like it's just normal. And then never getting it checked out. And then years go down the road. You're interested in starting a family. You're having issues with that. You go to see your OB and all of a sudden this diagnosis of endometriosis comes up and it's like, well, why didn't I know about this the whole time? Once again, I think detection, screening, still these things that we're missing when it comes to the black community. And that's what results in these things. I know one particular uh, celebrity that I know who had her own personal story about it was um, Tia Mm -hmm. Mowry, you know, the twin and actress. Mm. And she talked about how, you know, before she uh, got pregnant, she had so much difficulty with it because she had endometriosis. So she had to like, I think get surgery for those, for her issues with it twice um, with her OBGYN and it, all the experiences that came with that and just her trying to get pregnant maintain a pregnancy all of that and she spoke about that i think one time on her instagram like she made like an instagram like tv type uh video and like published it but that like really to me was like really inspiring to hear because most of the time people don't even talk about their struggles with fertility when it comes to like uh endometriosis and like i said goes undetected no one you know knows about it and then they struggle with it in silence so just some You know, little statistics for our viewers, but endometriosis affects about 200 million women worldwide and about one out of every 10 women in the U.S. So it's not something that's like Mm -hmm. not Mm -hmm. common for the most part. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's basically just associated with having this very severe life impacting pain during periods, sex, bowel movements, urination, chronic pelvic pain, like the list goes on and on. Um, So it it really is, can be a debilitating uh, disease to deal with. And so I think we we need to kind of get to the point of how do we create more outreach for women who are dealing with this, as well as trying to provide treatment options so that people can still live out other aspects of their life that they desire, such as having a family, Mm -hmm. not having to deal with these really, really like severe periods that affect being able to go to work or maybe sleep at night. I mean, this is just, this is something that only women can deal with. And sometimes because it is a male, a patriarchy, we're kind of pushed to the side when it comes to issues like this. So I do think it's important to note uh, about Endometriosis uh, Awareness Month. And so a little tips on how to mitigate it, changing your diet um as apparently added hormones to certain foods could be linked to what they've uh, seen as well as with hormone imbalances in patients they've also seen um having endometriosis engaging in hormonal therapies another option as well as considering uh, surgical procedures. so a laparoscopic excision to remove the girl so that's basically where they would just take like uh laparoscopy is a little bit less invasive than say open surgery so they could just use go through like a small incision mm-hmm. insert a camera there and be able to pull out uh, the growths from the endometriosis. So that's another option as well. And so say these are things that we're telling people as we are doing on this podcast, right? This is like a platform of us actually <laughs> spreading awareness uh, for those who are listening. So we hope that anyone here who may maybe, you know, know somebody or even is dealing with endometriosis, we hope that you guys are able to get the, the treatment that you need in order to be able to deal with it on your everyday life. But yeah. yeah, that's, that's my spiel on and it just as you know, as and as well.
2: also if you're a woman and you have painful periods, it's not normal. Like that is not something. I don't know. I don't know if it's because Black people we we think we're supposed to just oh I can deal with this pain. It, you know, we we get ingrained, right? But it's ingrained in us from when we're younger. In some cases, like oh, you know, we uh-huh. get when right. you get the time of the month comes, just pop some pills, and then like thirteen, mm-hmm. fourteen years later you're sitting there in debilitating pain and ibuprofen just doesn't work anymore for you. And, you know, right. Then you're in your career and you don't have the time to take off, to go to the doctor like you would have when you were younger. Um, but yeah, yeah. Your health comes first. It's not normal. It is absolutely not normal. A friend of mine who has endometriosis, she told me, she was like, you know, for years I thought it was normal to have, you know, pain because, why not yeah. like we're taught from young it's going to be a painful yeah. process those seven days of the month or whatever have you but come and right. find out mm-mm, it's not
0: yeah although i'm not a woman i would say like it's really important to break the stigma and the cycle of um us you know I, I think it's important for us to like create the awareness and educate ourselves especially on the men's side and supportive women going through mm-hmm. dysmenorrhea, going through endometriosis and the, the various uh, you know reproductive system issues that may occur. Um, I think that it, we don't communicate that in our community, uh, communities at all. Like when we're growing yeah. up, even for men, you know, like issues that we may face. Um, it's something that like Erica said, you just keep to yourself and then you just deal with it. But I think it's okay to build these conversations or build rooms where we can talk about it and discuss it without it being taboo and accept right. and you know um, and admire each other in our transparency you know what I'm saying I know it's a little bit hard to do but at the end of the day that is how we're going to face the statistic and change the disparities I
1: think that's it right for running the list we hope you guys enjoyed everything that we talked about of course once again if you want to say anything uh, or have any comments about what we've spoken about on our run the list you can reach us at podcast at podcast.snma.org and yeah All right, aim back. Amen. As y'all may know, SNMA's annual medical education conference is about a month away. If y'all haven't got your tickets yet, now is the best time. And I'm telling you guys now is the best time because I think those prices raise up like March 15th. So, you know, <laughs> it's, a, it's about that time. Uh, the conference will feature many dope panels and sessions for pre-med students, medical mm-hmm. students, and graduating graduating students. Plus the lounge will be hosting two of our very own live events with a special surprise. So... I'm really excited for AMEC. Um, I know that I'm definitely looking forward to our events as well as I think I was looking through other like things on the list. There was like some topics about, um, oh, step like step preparation. I know I'm looking forward to that because that is something that's, you know, going to be appearing in my future very soon. I wish it wasn't, but it is. So I'm definitely going to go to that. And I'm very excited for the BOD banquet. That should be super fun. We are going to be in formal attire, guys. So I'm going to see you guys looking real spiffy, looking real put together. Um, yeah. But what about you guys? What are you guys excited for, for AMAC? Uh,
0: For me, I'm looking forward to, yeah, I know that I'm also chair for the Osteopathic Committee. So we got a couple events. Uh, we have cool. an osteopathic breakfast that we'll be having on Saturday in the morning. And we have the president and CEO of the American Osteopathic Association given his speech and uh, encouraging the osteopathic students to be great. Um, we have a DL speed dating event where we're going to have uh, different specialties pull up and pre-meds and med students can uh, get opportunities. So why
1: to- <laughs> can't that speed dating be like a real speed dating? <laughs> why does really- it doesn't have to be for a professional? They, they should know that as Black med students, we're not just out here just dating. They should have uh, had something in place. That's,
0: that's, a, that's a y'all problem. That, I'm talking about. <laughs> For, for wait the wait hold on. for the oh, wait, are you trying to curse. say that
1: you're already committed you're all, you
0: already have no. i'm trying to say like we we doing something professional and there's going to be a lot of okay. events there's, there's going to okay. be a lot of events no worries don't worry you'll get your speed dating thing going on there'll be a lot of <laughs> activities going on outside of Asia, uh, Okay. Okay. Here, right um,
1: because I've had the <laughs>
0: opportunity to go, and there's a lot of parties and all that. So, uh, yeah, it'll be lit. But yeah, those are my two. And then they got a financial planning event for uh, doctors as well that uh, a seminar, which I'm really interested in. In meditation. So cool. Yeah. So, tossing the, the baton to Erica. What, what, what's your interest? Yeah, in?
2: there's so many sessions. I don't know how I'm going to. I need to clone myself. Um, But there's a theme I've noticed with like social media and medicine. Like there's one session called the Med Influencer Revolution. Um, There was another one about just social media, like building your brand. Um, so I'm I'm interested to see it. We'll likely have a big turnout because if y'all haven't noticed, like TikTok and medical people have blown up. Um,
1: they they like live like TikTok,
2: yeah, Instagram, and I, I think these people get paid for these ads at some point when you reach a certain mm-hmm. status, if you will. So, it, I, I do. I am interested. Right. I, I'm not a TikToker, and I don't see myself dancing and. Stuff like that, but I feel like. <laughs> Girl, we gonna know, we're gonna right? you dancing. Like, just like TikTok, TikTok kind of developed. I was talking with a friend the other day. So apparently, TikTok in China or Instagram in China, mm-hmm. like their algorithm is different. Like they have videos that get promoted when they're more educational, more life enhancing and then in the US our videos mm. are like the dance dance revolution, the the challenges and that's right. what gets promoted. So I'm wondering maybe one day the algorithm right. will change and not to say that the people who do the dancing on the videos but you know like if you're actually providing information how that can actually translate for you into success not just the theatrics mm-hmm. of Oh, I'm in medicine. Doom doom do 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 do. You know how they do on the y'all, y'all can't see me that are listening. We love. But
1: they see yeah, what I'm. Uh, we love yeah, all the theatrics. Yeah. We're we're too theatrical over yeah, here in the U.S. Extremely. But <laughs> um, so
2: I'm looking we forward are. to those mainly, but also um, there there was another workshop something about like from attending to whatever um just about mm-hmm. your career in medicine not necessarily just remaining like clinical just mm-hmm. finding other okay. ways uh chronicles of a black doctor finding your flow i think that's going to be a good one yeah. They have, nice. uh, yeah whoever put this list together shout outs to y'all that that group that team these are some really tight workshops so I hope people are actually yeah. registering and will attend. And I'm a, I'm excited about meeting you guys in person
1: for the first time. I know that'll nice. be so yeah. crazy. And that's a great way to segue that's into that. like how we feel about being AMAC being in person cuz I think that's going to be dope. Like even with AMAC last year uh, being uh, like virtual, we still had a great time on our live session mm-hmm. to all those who remember and who tuned mm-hmm. in. We were having a great time. We got great feedback about that. And so I think it's going to be amazing to be able to implement that in a live format and actually get to interact and like in real time, get people's energy and, you know, uh, feedback on how everything was. So I think that's going to be great. Covid concerns. There's always covid concerns. I think, and I'm not going to say anything. Are you to outside it.
2: though is
1: so you I'm you just out, you was in Vegas outside. That's true. you concerned. Yeah,
2: See, COVID,
0: can't,
1: too. covid can't hold <laughs> yeah. me down, right? Can't, covid can't hold me down. But ain't for Amec, I can't. I can't speak <laughs> for her, right? It could. Maybe it could hold her down. Maybe it, could, it couldn't. So I'm hoping it doesn't because we've the tickets have already been paid for. The We're flights have been, been bought. The hotels have yeah. been booked. Yeah, so
0: we're having it. Uh, I, I, yeah, I think, this is from right. uh, on the high level, like from the high levels, we having it no matter what. Whether people come in okay. out the but it's gonna be happening.
1: Okay. You heard it from you the osteopathic chair himself. It's verified. AMEC is here to stay. And COVID, she can she can come if she wants, but we're still gonna be having a good time. <laughs> so there we go. Right. Um but for those who haven't made it to a live AMEC yet, me included, I don't know. I'm sure, Alden, you've been to a live AMEC. Um, but what are you most yep. excited for with the transitioning back to being in person? So, I mean, I haven't made it to a live AMEC. So, if Alden, if you wanted to, and I, I don't know, mm-hmm. Erica, you haven't gone to a I live haven't. one either, right? So, Alden, you, you're the best one to talk about how, how you feel about it going back to being in person.
0: I mean, I'm excited because it's one of my favorite things is just seeing people you haven't seen in years, you know? Like, you just pull Mm -hmm. up and you see them like, yo, bro, yo, sis, what's good? And just, like, that camaraderie, getting networks up, getting, getting, like, your connections up, being able to be in rooms and spaces where you fathomed, you know, while in medical school, like, why aren't there other Mm -hmm. people looking like me? Well, this is Mm -hmm. a place where you're going to see up to close to 2,000 people. Last time we had over 2,000 people in person pull up in philly right and so that feeling is so visceral and it's like everywhere you look like that's a black doctor that's a black med student or that's a you know i'm saying or someone that's supporting the snma mission right um and then just being able to be in these rooms and being able to see like your your potential as a person and see what you can accomplish and see that there's so many different ways in which you can envision a doctor you can be you see we've talked about all the events that's pulling up and another thing is like being able to like, go through different, like, events, like, going through different, um, the different seminars, it's, like, a real skill, to be honest, because there'll be some of them that be at the same time, so it's, like, a rush, it's, like, a little stress, like, yo, I want to go to this event, I want to go to the breakfast, or I want to yeah, go yeah. to this talk on social media, so I remember I'd be, like, dipping and dodging, like, I'd be pulling up for 15 minutes, and i go to the other session, another 15 minutes then come back and then i go to the other- not,
1: don't do that with the podcast no no i'm saying to our <laughs> listeners don't think you could be hopping up and down <laughs> we're gonna be in our zone we don't want all that hopping she up said and down what thing. she said if you come you better sit down and mm-hmm. stay for the whole event and that's that's you heard it from me at least so, I I mean, always said it was cute during the, the first, the, the last live session. It's not going to be cute for the podcast. So if I were you, sit down, <laughs> sit down and, and listen and be engaged.
0: We did have a podcast <laughs> in Philly and, uh, that I, I went and attended that I left. So I'm guilty that someone had their podcast that was being showcased and doing an interview. So. But don't do that to us. I, although I did do that to somebody in twenty nineteen.
2: <laughs> I'm excited to see that, like you mentioned, yeah. the sea of black people. So I've been to conferences before, right? Whether they have, yeah, you know, they're multicultural, or it's like a, you know, the church conference with the women. But I've I've yet to be mm-hmm. around just straight up black student, black medical students. I have a feeling it could yeah. get it could get a little homecoming homecoming yeah, homecoming it's going to
1: we've yeah, been deprived no, like for it's too long. a little it's bit going like a to, homecoming
2: man. in here especially yeah, at um, night when you know those functions go down um but no i am and whatever stays
1: at amex oh, whatever Jesus. happens to amex
2: stays there we I did, that was is y'all i did not say that but i co-sign um <laughs> uh, but i but i am looking forward to being around like, the people who will literally be my colleagues, pe- peers in medicine colleagues, for yeah. the, the future, you mm-hmm. know? I think, gosh, if you don't get a, a, a boost or some empowerment from that,
1: like, why are you yeah. here? <laughs> you know why I'm here. Yeah. But I'm looking forward to it. Right. No, and, and none of us go to HPCU medical school, so I think this will just be a great... And, but we all have gone to an HBCU, so exactly. we know how it is. We know how it can feel. So I think it'll be great to be in that a space like that again. Um, so I'm definitely looking excited uh, or super excited for AMEC and looking forward to all the festivities. I'm looking forward to what the podcast, how we bring it, and how we represent for SNMA and for AMEC. So I think we're gonna do great, guys, and we'll see all of our listeners there. Oh, wow, yeah, that'll be Lady. the next episode. So that's our show. Thank you
2: so much for joining us on this episode of The Lounge.
0: Let us know your thoughts about the discussions we had today or ask us a question for a chance to be featured on consults by emailing us at podcast.snma.org.
1: And be sure to follow the SNMA on all of our social media platforms to stay up to date on upcoming events, especially like AMEC. So we hope you guys love the show. We're looking forward to hopefully seeing you guys all at AMEC in person and we will see you all next episode.